Hey, it's Tuesday, 6.46 a.m. in the morning for me. I had a very bad night of sleep last night uh, and racing brain. One of the ideas I had was that I've got these beautiful audiobooks recorded by the masterful and award-winning XE Sands. And uh, at least for me, it is the most surreal thing to hear my book read by uh, a celebrity of her caliber. Um, There was cost associated with hiring a celebrity to read my book. And I thought uh, the day that somebody figures out how to make you feel like you just got Christmas morning, but you had to pay several grand for it, they've really tapped into something. And I think that's what's happened here with XE Sands. So first, let me recommend her highly. uh, And I want to give you for free the retail sample, uh, which you can find on Audible uh, once the books are released through Audible. But I'm going to give you the retail sample of The Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi, followed by the retail sample of The Eight Ball Magic of Susie Q. And I'll have just a short little hello, this is the author again in between the samples so that you can differentiate between them. Two things here. This is going to be a very short episode, but I want to offer anybody listening, and this goes to anybody listening, a free copy of the audiobook of your choice for a fair and honest review. That means that you have to leave your review on Amazon and let the Amazon people know that you received an audiobook in exchange for a fair and honest review. We do this all the time. Usually they're called ARC copies, but in this case, my book's already published. So it's important that you let people know that you received a free audiobook in exchange for a review. Secondly, if you're going to take me up on this offer, then I'm going to hold you to a deadline. So know that you're able to listen to it while you're driving. You're able to listen to it at your office. You're able to listen to it in the evening or while you're doing chores and give it enough attention that you're willing to leave the review regardless of your feelings. You may listen to it and feel like the book is trash, and I welcome you to go ahead and leave that review. But I need to hold you to a deadline because it is incredibly difficult to get readers and listeners to leave reviews. And I don't know if you're aware of this, depending on whether you're a writer listening to my show or a strictly reader Um, I think I have a population of both who tune in to the show. And if you're only a reader, you might not know that Amazon does some tricky magic of its own when a book hits 10 reviews, 12 reviews, 25 reviews, and 50 reviews. Currently, I have 35 reviews for The Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi. It's doing really well. I only have two reviews for the eight ball magic of Susie Q. I think some of those will organically start to populate, but I sure could use your help. So if you want a free audiobook, just let me know in the comments if you subscribe to my Substack, or you can email me at support at jodyjsperling.com. Super simple email address. I'll get it. I'll get you the ebook, or excuse me, the audiobook, get you all set up to go. Again, that's support at jodyjsperling.com. Dot com, <clears throat> And you can find my name spelled just about anywhere, so I'm not going to spell it here for you, but it does end with a Y. Um, and that's all I've got for you at the moment. Please enjoy the retail sample read by Exe Sands of the Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi now. Part one. I leaned against the brick facade outside her office, drawing figures of infinity in the air with my favorite four-inch pocket knife. 
My thoughts were as stained as my shoes from wandering every dark alley in Omaha. Two voices spoke muffled words on the other side of the door. Maybe love, maybe fear. I flicked my knife closed, dropped it in my purse, and turned the knob to see which. With the door open an inch, I paused. First impressions say so much. If I walked in on love, there'd be a happy ending. I didn't want to think about fear. I knew Lyle's grisly baritone anywhere, but my partner's guest spoke with an unfamiliar lilt. When I stepped into the office, the conversation paused. Lyle pointed a ham and cheese hoagie at me. A smile formed around shreds of lettuce and a dribble of mustard. Luke, we were just talking about you. The tableau I faced wasn't love, though Lyle might have thought otherwise. The woman opposite him had yellow hair. She wore high heel shoes. Lipstick was everywhere. Some faces looked made for bruises. I shook my head to shoe with the lopsided thoughts. Extended my hand. Detective Mia. Some people call me Little Cancer, and not just because I was born in July. A fat lip didn't stop this woman from showing a seductive smile. You weren't kidding. She looked at Lyle. Your partner's a real charmer. He took his time chewing a bite of sandwich. She grows on you. Like a tumor, I'm sure. I patted my pockets. I've heard that one before. My cigarettes were somewhere. Before I found them, Lyle said, let me finish eating, huh? He hated the smell of smoke. I slipped the hard pack of pyramid menthol from my jacket and tapped a clamshell in my palm. When do you think that'll be? He tongued a piece of ham lodged in his gums. Maybe you should consider quitting. I tossed my smokes on the office desk next to the rent bill. We were several weeks past due and two lost cats from destitute. I gave Lyle the finger and looked again at his guest. What'd you say your name was? I didn't. She cradled her cheek in her hand like no one had ever loved her. Marva DeLonghi. I was just telling Mr. Cooperchank how someone's trying to kill me. I smiled. Death gives meaning to life. Let me guess, you don't know who it is. I have a few ideas, but it seems I'm growing short on time. It's almost endearing that Lyle won't correct a person when she butchers his last name. I spoke on his behalf. It's Kapuchnik, by the way. By tossing a fist-sized chunk of bread and meat into his mouth, Lyle uttered a sound like a gut-punched boxer. I moved a step closer. If Heimlich Maneuver isn't a band name, it should be. He put his hand up to ward me off. A smear of mayonnaise shaped like a bear clung to his palm. We waited for choking or monologue, whichever came first. On both accounts, we were disappointed. Luke, he swallowed hard. Get us some drinks, huh? One of drinks not have been a good idea. I've tweeted this question multiple times, and no one yet has posed an unreasonable setting. On my way to the kitchenette, I snagged my smokes. Neat or on the rocks? Lyle and Marva answered in unison. I struck a match and walked it to the refrigerator. A moment later, I returned carrying two highballs of Magdalene bourbon, neat, in my right palm, and one on rocks in my left. A cigarette smoldered between my lips, wisps of smoke drifting toward my face. I couldn't decide if my tears were from the smoke or because I'd glimpsed the future. One of us wasn't going to make it out alive. Alrighty, that was beautiful, wasn't it? And 
what I'm going to do now is just let you listen right into the retail sample of the 8-Ball Magic of Suzy Q. Reminder, if you want those free copies, email me at support at jodyjsperling.com. Support at jodyjsperling.com. Here is Exy Sands reading the 8-Ball Magic of Suzy Q. No one ever butters you up for nothing. I sipped my coffee and made a point of not touching the offered liquor. I don't break laws, and I don't give friends and family discounts. You might think I was behaving presumptuously, assuming the lady meant to engage me for an investigation, but what kind of detective would I be if I couldn't smell desperation? And I don't accept bribes. On second thought, I made like Houdini and disappeared the bourbon because thirst is elusive and I'm a hunter. Susie Q, she offered her hand. It was soft and white, the way swans are supposed to be, but never are. I held her grip a beat too long. When we broke, she reached again into her peacoat, and I thought if she offered any more bourbon, I'd stick her with my breakfast ticket and make tracks, because that much booze would be a stand-in for guilt. Instead, she produced a magic eight ball. It had the heft of an antique. This eight ball says you're the one for the case. These days, toys are made to break. Flimsy plastic components, hasty designs, half-assed stickers. When I was a kid, you could shake the magic eight ball, ask it if the sucker across the table from you ever had a concussion, and brain her on the temple hard enough to make her see whole constellations before the thing said chances are good. Her eight ball was that kind. Three pounds, I'd bet. Did it tell you my rate's 400 a day, plus expenses? I'll give you 600 for exclusive rights. Sandra came by with the coffee pot, asked Susie if she needed a cup. Susie shook her head. Sandra crossed her arms and narrowed her eyes. I told Sandra Susie was picking up the tab, so I'd take one of those fancy hot cocos with the whip topping and Hershey's chocolate syrup. That earned me a wink, and Sandra's winks are something I covet. If I haven't mentioned, Sandra's one of the few people I think of as a friend these days, and she may be the only person on this planet who can outsmoke me. She can squeeze a pack into an eight-hour shift and still serve 20 tables without anyone having to wait for refills. It's more magic than a stupid eight ball, that's for sure. When she left to get my drink, I shot a sidelong glance at Susie, so she understood who was boss. I've already got contracts with clients I can't break just to go exclusive, but I'll shelve the cold cases for seven fifty. It was an egregious overreach, but Susie'd done it to herself. Never offer someone more money before you start the negotiation. My jaw almost came unhinged when she agreed to the fee. No haggling? Who has that kind of money? I needed a moment to collect myself. It's a deal. She stared at her hands for a moment, so I thought my easy acceptance had given her a case of buyer's remorse. Was she having second thoughts? I knew she wasn't when she flicked her eyes back up. Desperation's more unmistakable than a smile. Don't you want to know what I'm hiring you for? The urge for one of those shooters began to crowd my thinking. At least that's what I'll blame it on. Lady, for that kind of fee, you could ask me to quit smoking and I'd give it my best effort. I think you'll probably agree that Exy Sands is a true talent. She's a force. And I know for myself when I listen, especially because these books are in the first person, that her voice has become the voice of Luke for me. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you, and I think I maybe have even alluded to this before, I've not outright said it on the podcast. I first 
really recognized her as a reader when she was reading the books of Chuck Wendig. So if you're familiar with him, he wrote The Wanderers. Um, and right now the, the second book in that series is eluding me. Uh, but both beautiful, beautiful books. And Exe Sands is one of a couple of people who narrates those books. And just her way with the characters is phenomenal. Um, and so I started seeking her out. And I started thinking, this is the voice of Luke. Luke is narrating other people's audiobooks. It was a, a really surreal feeling. So it's cool that I had the opportunity to work with her. Great big thanks to you, Exe, if you ever pop in and listen. Um, beautiful work. And to all of you who have gotten this far in the random Tuesday episode, remember, I'm given free copies of the audiobooks in exchange for a fair and honest review on Amazon. But I'm going to hold you to a deadline, and I will not give this book away if I feel like you're not going to follow through with the review, because that's what the free copies are for, is to get a little bit of social proof out there for these books so that I can earn back the expense of having a celebrity narrate my books. Thanks so much for listening to TRBM. No outro this week, except remember, what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening? <laughs>